Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1235 in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers Now, Brendan Ulrich and Brendan Escott with you, B squared. Taking you uh, through the Monday edition of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer on the way to Winnipeg. The Oilers and uh, the Jets tomorrow night. Some guests on Oilers Now received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. We bring aboard... Our Monday regular, it's John Shannon from NHL Hockey on Rogers. John, how are things going? I'm surprised you guys don't want to call me Brendan Shannon, that's all. <laughs> well, then that would confuse everyone with Brendan Shanahan, but that uh, is funny. I know, funny. I actually, he and I have this running feud. Uh, the guys that I work with want to call me Shanny, which I hate nicknames. Uh, and, of course, his nickname is Shanny. And uh, he says, you can't be called Shanny, I'm Shanny. So I said, you can have it, pal. <laughs> well, that's funny because I was actually named after Brennan Shanahan. My mom's name is, is Shanna, and she had the hots for Brennan Shanahan back in the day. She thought he was a good-looking guy, so why not name her son Brennan? What did what, your dad say? <laughs> He was okay with it. He, I know Brennan Shanahan was a good <laughs> hockey player. Maybe he, he thought I'd play okay, in the right. NHL too, but that never happened. Uh-huh. That's another story. <laughs> exactly. By the way, last Monday you were on, I was listening back to uh, the podcast, and that was after the Eskimos' tough loss to uh, Saskatchewan. You know, the city was in crisis. The Oilers uh, had lost to uh, New Jersey, but all of a sudden the Oilers with a win on Saturday. The Eskimos picked it up as well. We're not going to talk about the Eskimos, but the Oilers, John. I know Elliot Friedman said, you know, things were tense uh, in Oiler land uh, with the start to the season. Does that win on Saturday change everything or anything in your mind, John? No, it doesn't. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's glimmers, and I think that's the, that's the nice thing. When you win a game on a road trip, uh, an awful road trip, let's face it, when you think about how, lo- how far the team has traveled, when you win, then that's okay. But uh, they're still not complete in how they're playing the game. I think there's still some guys that we're all expecting – more out of 
particularly at center, in order to make this team what most people expect it to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, you hit on the center position there, John. So I'm assuming you're talking about Leon Drysaddle and uh, Ryan Strom. Uh, maybe Drysaddle per se a little bit more because he needs to uh, sort of drive that line. But at the same time, the wingers need to help him out in that regard too. So yeah. uh, you look at tomorrow night, the matchup against the Jets, John. I think, uh, you know, the first line matchup will be fun to watch, but the second line matchups as well. You have Leon Drysettle going against Brian Little, maybe advantage Oilers there, but the wingers for the Jets with Line and Ehlers, definitely advantage uh, Jets there. So that will be fun to watch. I, I think we can only hope that Leon is up to the challenge of playing against a good team like Winnipeg. I, I, I mean, I'm not uh, here to make Leon my whipping boy, but he, you know, they're. they're, they're the money for him to be uh, like Anze Kopitar, like uh, on, uh, Alexander Barkov. You know, those are the t- those are the comparables in my mind for him. And he's got to bring it every night. He's got to be in, in more intense every night. Uh, we we know what he can do. I mean, look at that. I mean, he's got still got great passing skills, but he's got to start using that body. And he, he it, it's because. The guy ahead of him, we know, is going to deliver it every night, don't we? I mean, Connor is going to deliver it every night, but Leon has to do it every night. Yeah, and it's interesting, John, because it's not like Leon has zero points on the year. He does have three points in three games, but still people are wondering when is the real Leon Dreisaitl, you know, going to to show up here. And I think everyone just looks back at how dominant he was uh, in the playoffs for the Oilers two years ago, and we hope he can get back to that, but we haven't really seen it. And as you talked about, night in and night out. Uh, so in your mind, it's more so about the effort. We know the points are going to come. But at what point do we need to see that Leon that we saw in the playoffs? I think that's right. I mean, I couldn't say it any better, Brendan, is that where does Dry Seidel, you know, become the guy that earned that contract? And that becomes a big, that's a big factor. It really is. Uh, let's just look at the wingers here for a second as well, um, John. Alucic um, and Yamamoto. What, what, you, what is your take on Yamamoto so far through uh, three games this season? Uh, I, I got to tell you, I think that uh, Yamamoto has probably been uh, better uh, in, in the short term. For- I, I think that uh, what he's done, uh, he's getting better every game, and that to me is a real positive. Uh, so from that perspective, I think things are, are much better. Yeah, and he did draw, you know, a couple penalties uh, the other night. So we'll see if uh, he can uh, continue to uh, build off of that. The question is, though, uh, would you, you know, move Poliarvi up to the second line uh, for Yamamoto, or would you keep, uh, you know, Poliarvi on that third line right now with Strom and uh, Kajula? It, a lot of Oilers fans right now on the text line are saying, why isn't Yessi Poliarvi in the Oilers' top six, John? I'll tell you what, you know, it's funny. We, we, we glossed over your comment about uh, Ryan Strom. I, I like Strom in New York. I, I liked his penalty killing. Uh, when he and McDavid were on the ice together uh, killing the penalties, I think they did a good job. Uh, it, Ryan Strom, I think Ryan Strom has created some chemistry with Paul Yarby, and I think that's one of the reasons why Todd keeps him there. Uh, so uh, the, the Yamamoto... I mean, I don't think you can be big and burly all the time. So if you put Leachich, Poliarvi, 
uh, with dry saddle. I, I think you are losing a bit of speed, and I think that that's you. You got to use Yamamoto speed. I like Koyarvi uh, where he is at this point. Uh, you know, it, it, it's something. I mean, it's all very subjective. Every fan can have their own opinion. Um, but you know, there are still some times on the ice where Koyarvi's thinking too much. But I think you know they're on the. Ver- they're on the verge of actually playing and not thinking. And, Brendan, I think that that moment when you actually are just playing the game and not worried about what do I do with the puck, that's when the team starts to turn it around. I thought we saw that a little bit Saturday afternoon. Well, yeah, and just to build off of your comment there uh, with Paul Yarvey and Stroh maybe developing some chemistry here, um, you know, one of uh, the complaints about Todd McMullen's coaching style last year was that they kept switching up the lines. And, you know, part of that was because some some of the players weren't performing and it seemed like, you know, Todd couldn't find, you know, the, the winning formula. So he kept changing things up. So I, I think three games into the season here, John, you don't need to just you know, retool the whole lineup. The Oilers are coming off a win, so maybe consistency is uh, what the Oilers need here early in the season when it comes to the lines. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, there there needs there, there needs to be use of their team speed. I mean, I mean, Connor can't play on every line uh, because he's he's the fastest player in hockey, and when you see him possessed. He's fun to watch. You you saw a little bit on on Saturday uh, as well. He and Raddy started to get a few more scoring opportunities together. Ty Raddy, who maybe maybe has been made too much out of the the 14 games that he's played with with Connor in the regular season and in the preseason, but Raddy's got to got to get to the net and do what Raddy's supposed to do in order to quite frankly save his career. Um, you know, so from that perspective, the first line is is going to do and going to be okay. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think, actually played a, a, a very smart two-way game in New York, which, you know, if, if he continues to do that, then that's going to take a ton of pressure off of Connor. There are lots of positives to come out of of uh, the game at Madison Square Garden, uh, but uh, positives and pressure aren't the same thing, and, and they're still under a lot of pressure to perform. Well, perhaps the biggest positive, John, was the play of Cam Talbot, who looked great. And uh, I was saying earlier, uh, the Oilers won a bunch of 2-1 games when they made the playoffs two years ago, and it was because Cam Talbot was playing as well as he did on Saturday. So that's a big sign. The other question, though, is when do you get uh, Koskinen in between the pipes? Bob just uh, opened up you know, the door a little bit for maybe Koskinen getting a start uh, in Winnipeg tomorrow night because we know Talbot's starting the home opener on Thursday. So... What what do you think about that? When would you look at uh, you know putting in Koskinen? We just saw the Jets play Brassois last night, and he was great for the Jets. So we will see Halibut tomorrow for the Jets. But when would you look at getting Koskinen in between the pipes? Well, when you look at that schedule of Winnipeg, Boston, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, no back to backs. Honestly, with the way this team is right now, I'm not sure you can play them yet. I'm not sure you can play them yet. I mean, I, I, I wins are too important for this club right now. Uh, the, the, there needs to be something that allows this team to get back above NHL 500 somehow, some way, in a very difficult schedule. Uh, the one that jumps out to me is, 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 I guess, I guess, would be 
uh, play the Finn against the Finn. So you play him against Nashville because he's going to either play Soros or he's going to play against Pecorene, and you know he's going to want to beat them. So that, I guess that in short term, uh, my answer is I'd like to see him play against Nashville. But if somebody said Talbot's playing the next five, I would have no objection. Chatting with John Shannon here from NHL Hockey on Rogers. And yeah, you know what? I, I think I agree with you. How do you not start Talbot after the way he played on Saturday uh, when he has some momentum here? So I'm assuming hey, they'll hey, go with Talbot, Brendan, but who knows? Wins, wins, you need, you, they need wins. Yeah. They need, to, they need momentum. You know, um, they, you know they're, they're starting to believe in Cam again. And this is the t- you don't take the foot off the pedal yet. One win does not mean everything's cured. No, that's fair. Uh, I agree with you. So I would expect to see, uh, you know, Talbot tomorrow. And the Jets haven't, you know, been lighting the world on fire yet this season either. So maybe a chance for the Oilers to go in there and steal two points from the Jets. Uh, Speaking of, you know, I was talking about the Jets winning on Saturday, the Oilers winning. You had an interesting tweet there, John. All the Canadian teams won on Saturday. That's incredible. There's only one other time. Now, we, we haven't had six teams, Canadian teams in the NHL for many years. Uh, particularly the the first 75 of the NHL. Um, but uh, the first time since 1989 and only the second time ever that a night where six Canadian teams won games. It truly was a, a phenomenal night and day, and when particularly when you consider uh, how it really in the end happened with the Flames coming from behind to beat uh, Colorado. Yeah, that was incredible because Colorado looked really good early in that hockey game. They're they're fast and fun to watch. I like watching the Avs. Oh, I tell you what, that that big line. You know, there are there are three or four teams right now that are really geared because of of their their number one lines. Dallas got uh, you know Ben Radulov and Sagan. You got Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak in Boston, and you got to put McKinnon and Rantanen. And Landeskog on that list as well. Chatting with John Shannon here. Um, quickly on Vancouver, uh, I think we're still awaiting word on the hearing there for Matheson with this hit on Pedersen. But uh, I just wanted to get your take on that hit and what you think the suspension could look like if there is going to be one. Uh, this is so hard for me. I, you know, it, it was it was sad to see. Yeah, that big they time. would lose the, the, lose the player. Uh, but I'm not sure what kind of suspension this should be, if at all. I, I really am not. Um, you, know, you know, the fan base in Vancouver, of course, is calling for the death sentence. Um, and uh, but from my perspective, I think that, uh, and this is going to be. A, I think we're, I think it's going to be a, a bit of a wait today. I think there's huge internal arguments at the NHL about whether this is actually suspendable or not. I think there's going to be debate. I think George Peros has got a tough one here. Um, but in the end, if they're trying to protect star players, then I wouldn't be surprised if there is a suspension. I also wouldn't be su- surprised if it's just a fine. Yeah, I hate being on the fence, but it is tough to uh, you know predict which way uh, the NHL is going to go here. It is a. I think the big story here is though Pedersen going down. To me, that sucks because he is fun to watch, and uh, you know a bright light at the end of the tunnel here for. The Vancouver Canucks, I mean, and we saw this a little bit last year, John. They were looking okay, the Jets. Good coaching from Travis Green, and then all of a sudden the injury bug started to bite them, and then here we go again yep. with Pedersen going down. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, now Pedersen's not going to be long term like Bo was or like Brock Besser was. Pedersen's going to be seven to ten days. He, in fact, might just miss the two games of the rest of this road trip uh, in Pittsburgh and in Winnipeg and then be able to come back when they get back to Vancouver. So uh, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give the Canucks the death knell yet. Uh, they're, they've been impressive. To win those two games of board, what got lost with the, uh, with the injury to Pedersen was how well they played both in Tampa and how well they played in Florida to win the games. Yeah, they look uh, good. I, I like Travis Green a lot as a coach, and uh, so far, if he has the horses... They could be uh, an intriguing team, maybe a dark horse team to follow here throughout the season. By the way, back to the goalie thing with the others. Uh, Jack Michaels just tweeted out that Cam Talbot will start at Winnipeg tomorrow, John. So you were right on that. Oh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> he did say, though, Koskin will likely get a start soon. So how yeah, soon? I, we'll have to wait and see. Saturday against Nashville makes the sense to me. Okay. You heard it here first well, from yeah. John Shannon. That, that does well, make no, sense. Well, no, just I mean, think about it. All, all over the years, Brendan, what we've seen is um, uh, players of two countries. I remember when, when we had, in the NHL, we had a couple of Russians in the league. And, and, and if they played, when, uh, you know, Makarov played against Fedorov, uh, you knew both of them were going to have outstanding games. They love playing against each other. And I can just, I mean, to me, that's just a simple logic. Uh, if you're going to put Koskinen in, he's probably been the best professional goalie outside the NHL for a long time uh, in a long line of great Finnish goaltenders because uh, he's Finnish, not Russian. Uh, and so why not put, put him up against Pekka What Let him perform against the best and see what happens. <clears throat> well, that makes sense to me, John, and we'll have to wait and see if that happens or not. But uh, you, you, tell, you tell you what, you, if, if, if it happens and he plays Saturday – Against Nashville, just make sure Stoffer knows that. Oh yeah. When I come back next Monday, okay. <laughs> I'll get uh, Brendan to cut the clip and uh, have that ready if he does start. So uh, thanks for that, John. Uh, I appreciate the time. Good to chat with you again. Hopefully, we'll get to do it at some point uh, throughout the season. But uh, it's always great to talk to you. All right, Brendan. Have a great day. All right, John Shannon, NHL hockey on uh, Rogers joins us every Monday here on Oilers now. 12.52 in Edmonton. We are late for the break. We'll take a timeout. We'll mix in some text messages here. A lot of them coming in. We'll bring uh, Brendan Escott back into the show as well to hit on a few things. We have NHL today to get to. We'll hear some uh, comments from Todd McClellan. Uh, his, the Oilers just wrapped up practice. McClellan just wrapped up his uh, post-practice avail as well. So we'll get you uh, some of that audio on the show today. Uh, we also will head down to Winnipeg at 1.35 and uh, chat with uh, Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press. That's all ahead, but first, a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Fifty-six and Edmonton back here on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich, Brendan Escott with you, the Monday edition. The Oilers off to Winnipeg to take on the Jets tomorrow night. We do know that uh, Cam Talbot will start in goal for the Oilers. Don't expect uh, any other changes when it comes to the Oilers uh, lineup based uh, 
on practice today. We'll see uh, what Todd McClellan had to say about the lineup, if uh, he can answer that for us or if he's saving uh, some roster decisions for tomorrow or not. But Ree Wilkins said the lines uh, look the same at practice today. I know Ryan Rashog did tweet that uh, Ty Ratty was getting some work on the Oilers' top power play as a right shot. Of course, the Oilers have been deploying five left shots on that top unit, so we'll see what the power play units look like uh, when the Oilers take on the Jets tomorrow night as well. We will go interactive here in the second hour of Oilers Now. What did you uh, make of the Oilers' win on Saturday? Are all the holes patched? Are the Oilers, you know, rolling? Good? Are they going to roll right along here? Are they, you know, going to uh, look like the team we saw in the first two games? We'll have to wait and see. Honestly, it's hard to say based on what we've saw through three games. So definitely still some pressure on this group. They need to uh, perform. The schedule is tough. No doubt about that. But if the Oilers are a good team, you shouldn't worry about the schedule. They should beat some of these good teams. And they will face a big test tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets, who, by the way, did not have Dustin Buffalo in the lineup uh, yesterday against Carolina. So we'll have to wait and see if he'll play tomorrow night. We'll chat with uh, Jason Bell on that front as well. And the Jets really aren't the same team that we saw in the playoffs because they don't have Paul Stats, and he's still a really, really good team. But I don't know if Brian Little long-term is the answer for the Jets down the middle as a second-line center. I like Little a lot as a third-line center, but I still think they'll try to make a move here at some point to bring in a center uh, if they want to win the Stanley Cup like they did last year when they tried to acquire Paul Statsny at the deadline. 12.58 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out for the news, NHL Today, and uh, your texts and phone calls after a 1 o'clock news update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.